My Neighbor Sleeps in a Cage Written by Anatar, 88 It's none of my business, I know. A grown man can sleep in his own backyard, in the cold January weather, in a large custom-made cage. The cage has been there forever. I remember once asking my neighbor about it, and Jeff eyed me up and down, stroking his gray beard as if the answer depended on what I looked like that day. He finally mumbled that some rich folks had ordered a tiger cage a long time ago, and never came around to collect it, before changing the subject abruptly. Jeff's a welder and his backyard is full of other stuff. But nothing like that strange, shiny cage. The bars are about three fingers wide and have a yellow, purple glow. I can see it from my room. In fact, I made a sort of a mini ritual of looking at it before going to bed. I liked the way the cage reflected the lights at night. Late one afternoon, a couple of days ago, I was taking a break from my computer screen, and I just stared aimlessly outside the window, a feeling that something was wrong slowly started seeping in. Jeff was lying down inside the cage, his head supported by a pillow. A few disturbing thoughts competed in my mind. About what exactly unnerved me about that image, even though I've seen it a dozen times before. I stared. His chest was moving up and down. Thank God. At least he wasn't dead. Jeff was a loner, and I was the only one who actually talked with the guy, as far as I knew. Sometimes I borrowed books from him. It was a pretty smart dude, and I enjoyed our conversations, as long as I could suppress the thought of him sleeping in a cage now and then. I strolled down the stairs to the living room, where my parents sat watching TV. I considered telling them, what exactly? Jeff's doing it again, but this time, I feel there is something different. I feel that something's wrong. Hell, what's the point? My mom will tell me not to worry and my dad will just grunt and call Jeff a nut. And they'll both give me that look again. The look you give your 23 year old recently unemployed son who's still living with his parents and who's worried about some stupid shit again. So I just walked past them, slipped on my boots grabbed my jacket, and went outside. I peered over the fence. Jeff was now sitting near the cage door, with his eyes closed, legs crossed in a lotus position. There was some food next to him, nothing unusual. Sometimes he'd spend a few days there. And there was something else... I had failed to notice before, but I could see it clearly 
from this angle. A gun. On the cage floor next to the food, half covered by the blanket. One of the unsettling thoughts returned. What if he's going to kill himself? I'm ashamed to say it, but I always had a feeling that that's how things were going to end for Jeff. I had decided to investigate the matter for myself, just to check on him, so I jumped over the fence. Jeff, you okay? No answer. He didn't even flinch. Jeff! The feeling that something was terribly wrong intensified. Jeff wouldn't look at me no matter what I said. It felt like he wasn't even aware I was there. So I extended my hand through the bars. I could just barely touch his left knee. He jumped. Curiously enough, he did not open his eyes. He shook his head, and his mouth moved like he was talking, but no sound came out. Weird. I I can't hear you, I said. He was right there in front of me, but I couldn't hear a thing, even though it was obvious that he was shouting something, something that felt like a warning. Then, the silence came. I swear it was as if someone had slowly dialed all surrounding sounds down to zero. The leaves stopped rustling. The sounds of the cars from the street was muted. Absolute silence. And then, I realized Jeff was repeating the same words over and over. Slowly, so I could read his lips. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Then... I finally saw it. The thing my subconscious had picked up a while ago and was screaming at me to run. There were others in the backyard with us, surrounding us. In the shiny white bars, I saw their reflection. Tall men in bright orange vest carrying rifles. Their skin was as white as porcelain and there were two pits of darkness where their eyes should be. And at the same time, to my terror, they became aware of me and aimed their rifles. I was paralyzed with fear. In that split second, I was sure that I'd die right there and then. Then the cage door opened, and Jeff pulled me inside when he closed the door I felt like a two ton boulder had been lifted from my chest I could hear him now but the outside world was still deadly quiet it was also quite a bit warmer in the cage God knows why Matt that you Jeff went with his hands through my hair. Jesus, 
Sit down and close your eyes. Do not look. It's important. I did as he said. With each passing moment, the fear thawed a bit. What are they? I asked. Hunters, Jeff said. They're here for me. What? Why? Because I saw them years ago, and I've been running from them ever since. If you see hunters, they will notice you too and start hunting you. That's how it works. This cage is the only thing that can hide me to some extent. It's special. It confuses them. Everything was still silent. I could hear my heartbeat. I could hear Jeff's wheezing a breath. Why can't we hear anything outside? They suck in the sounds. The only things that can make sound are their rifles. They also can't hear us, so it's okay to talk in here. He sighed. You have drawn some attention, so more will come. Listen, we don't have much time. They can still shoot us if they want it. And soon, they will start shooting because they know someone's in here and they'll hit us eventually. But they can't drag us away while we're in this cage. And they hate it if they don't collect their trophies. I snifled. Can we do anything? If by some miracle one of us doesn't bleed to death after they shower us with bullets, it's still game over. The hunters will wait next to the cage as long as they can. Until the scorpions arrive, that is, Jeff said. The scorpions? They follow the hunters. You don't want to be alive when the scorpions come. Trust me, that's what the gun is for. Jeff thrust a firearm into my hands. We're out of time, but don't worry. Just remember that they will come for you again. Takes them half a year or so, but they'll come. You notice that things are getting quiet means their hounds have sniffed you. When that happens, get in the car and drive as fast as you can or hide in a titanium cage. And if you hide on time, they won't notice you and they'll leave. My notes, they're on my laptop. Look for them. The password is Orion1999. A few clicks pierced the silence. The ghastly rifles were cocked. Wait, what are you doing? I asked when I heard Jeff move. He opened the cage and vanished into the silence outside, closing the door behind him. And then, a loud blast, followed by another, and another, and another. A sharp, burnt, and metallic stink stayed in the air for a few moments and stung 
my nostrils. I sat there, not sure how long, too scared to move, too scared to look. And slowly, the sounds started to return. The birds sang. Cars swung by somewhere in the distance. The wind rustled the leaves. I opened my eyes and stepped out of the cage. The grass under my feet was stained with blood. I was alone in Jeff's backyard. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I saw Mommy in the bathtub, written by Castle Rock 80. That is how my seven-year-old son, Gabe, decided to start the conversation during breakfast. Choking on my eggs, I managed to sputter out. You saw who in the bathroom? (laughs) Mommy, (laughs) he giggled, before looking back down at his plate. Although she told me not to tell you about it, I was shocked. My mind raced and I thought back to a few months ago, back in August. My wife died after drowning in the bathtub. She had seizures all throughout her life, with this one ending it. Did he see her there? He couldn't have. He was at school. I remember dropping him off. So, I said... Speaking about the lump that formed in my throat. What else did she say to you? She said she loved me very much. That she couldn't wait to see me soon. Soon? I thought you said that you saw her. Well, I heard her talking to me. It came from the little spot where all the water goes away. The spot where the water goes away, huh? Yeah. I checked the microwave clock. 7.35. I ushered Gabe out the door and towards the bus. I promised that we'd talk things through later on once he was home from school. In the meantime, I did chores, checked LinkedIn, and finally settled down on the couch and scrolled Reddit few hours later, I felt my eyes get heavy. As I drifted off to sleep, a dream materialized. The same dream I've had for the last six months. In it, I am walking up the stairs. It always starts there. No getting out of the car. No opening the front door. Always the stairs I call out for my wife the echo traveling around the house 
falling on deaf ears. As the dream always goes, I hear the water running and walk to our shared bathroom. The dream begins its climax as I push open the door as trapped steam billows out. And there she is, my love, my life, her body blue as she rests in the bathtub. I reach for her as I always do, but this is where the dream changes. What usually unfolds is that I cradle her in my arms and weep. What happened today was totally different. I was reaching for her when she sat up and grabbed my arm. Her nails dug into the soft flesh of my forearm and she didn't let go. Her purple lips cracked open to reveal a wide smile. Her clouded eyes locked with mine. He's mine now. I woke up drenched in sweat and breathing heavily. My phone was ringing. The call said that it was coming for my son's school. Hi, I mumbled, shaking myself from sleep. Is something wrong? Hello, mister. We called you today to report that your son has had an accident at school and we need you to come pick him up. Oh, I... The call ended. Hello? Wow, okay. A little rude. Mental reminder to notice someone about that. I drove out to Gabe's school. It was a little brick building outside of a major city. Fence-lined cow pasture followed the road for most of the way. Gabe and the principal stood in front of the double doors leading into the school. After a brief conversation with the principal, I loaded Gabe into the back seat. So, champ, I heard you had an accident at school. Could you tell me what happened? He shuffled around in his car seat before answering. Mommy found out what I told you. Well, why is that a bad thing? She said she'd have to hurt you. Clock struck 8.30. I picked up Gabe and brought him over to bed. I tucked him in and I kissed him goodnight. Good night, Gabe. Sweet dreams, I cooed. Good night, he replied, already drifting off to sleep. I turned off the overhead light and flicked on his nightlight. It was one of those standard ones that had stars that spun around the room. And after closing the door, I silently made my way to the bathroom. I hadn't checked it since Gabe told me what he had saw. In the light of the hallway lamp, I could make out a figure sitting in the bathtub behind the shower curtain. A figure with straight, long hair. 
fuck? I brought my hand and brushed it against the curtain. Shakily, I grabbed the curtain and flung it open. Nothing. There was nothing in the tub other than a few bath toys and a bottle of two-in-one. I sighed in relief. And then, I heard it. A whisper, almost audible, yet clear enough to hear two words. Come closer. Leaning into the tub, I inched towards the drain. The whispers got louder. I lifted the little cap and peeked inside. Inside were two eyes and a row of razor-sharp teeth. Its clouded eyes locked with mine, and it began speaking. It spoke in the voice of my wife. It told me things, horrible things, for a very long time. It told me to hurt people to hurt Gabe to hurt myself even after leaving the bathroom I could still hear it I locked the bathroom door after leaving but I'm not sure that'll hold it in fact I can hear shuffling in the bathroom right about now that thing's not my wife right? If you see this fast food chain, don't go through the drive-thru. Written by Do Mud1461. Dr. Denny's Burgers. I had never heard of the fast food restaurant before, but it looked open and I really needed a coffee. 1 a.m. starts in road work can be absolutely brutal and you need something to keep your hands warm and it can get dangerously cold out there. The illuminated menu of the drive-thru beamed brightly against the rural bushland. These LED beacons seemed very out of place in the middle of nowhere, but I wasn't complaining. Fiberglass mannequin of what I assumed was Denny stood against the restaurant wall. He was a clown dressed in a stereotypical doctor's outfit, complete with a white coat and a stethoscope. I'm sure the intention of his placement was to be a fun mascot for the kids, but these fast food figures always gave me quite the opposite feeling. I slowly swerved my car through the car park and approached a speaker to order. I pushed my window down crisp morning air flooded inside. The voice crackled out of the metal box. Alright, what can I get you for today? They were either a man or the speaker was busted in a way that dropped their pitch. The voice definitely had a familiar quality to it. I leaned out of the vehicle in a bid to be heard as clearly as possible. Just a coffee. Thanks, mate. 
flat white and full cream. Cheers. There was a spell of silence. It was like they were weighing up what I had just said. I wondered if they even did have coffee here. And then they finally responded. No problem. Drive on through. I released my foot from the brake and slowly rounded the curb to the pavement window. Strangely, I couldn't see any light spilling out from its frame. I stopped and peered inside the building. I couldn't make out a whole lot, but there didn't appear to be any sign of noise or movement from within the kitchen. I reached out and rattled my fist against the glass. Nothing. I presumed that they could be short-staffed, and therefore each section might not be in operation. So I drove down to the food collection window and was met with a similar scene. It appeared to be locked with a staff wanted sign taped to the glass. Nobody was around. It all started to feel a bit eerie and an instinctive feeling began to bubble in my gut. Although the outside of the store was lit up like a Christmas tree, The place was a complete ghost town. I chose not to knock on the glass this time. At this point, I should have just left. I was going to be late for my job and the boss was definitely going to yell at me. He always ran a tight ship and held the expectation that I should always be there before him. However curiosity tickled my mind maybe I had missed something I started backing up my car reversing the way that I had just traveled I slowly rounded the curb and arrived at my previous starting point the beginning of the drive through the black speaker stood tall amongst the stones low maintenance plants that surrounded its base hello me again I started the speaker remained quiet are you guys open or am I going the wrong way I just went through I passed the windows and there doesn't seem to be anyone inside the speaker gave no indication that somebody was listening on the other side My questions rang out into the night, unanswered. I pondered if the late starts were finally getting to me. Had I really begun to hear things when I craved caffeine? I started to wind up my window when the familiar voice chimed. My apologies, sir. We are extremely understaffed. Clearly, I replied pushing my window back down. Makes you wonder though, doesn't it? What? The speaker waited a few seconds before answering. It must make you wonder where my voice is coming from. Somebody had to be messing with me. There must have been a kid or someone who had gotten a hold of the speaker's headset and were operating it 
from elsewhere. These were all my poor attempts to rationalize what was happening. I believed them to be true until the speaker emitted a large exhale. Whilst the noise was unnerving, the visual that followed gave me nightmares for weeks to come. Water vapor. The foggy cloud which follows your breath on cold mornings. It came out of the speaker. It was breathing. I freaked and adrenaline got the better of me and I threw a punch at the speaker's cover. Tiny plastic fragments shattered everywhere from the point of impact. I had smashed a small hole which revealed a pair of damp vocal cords inside the metal box. The pink and slimy flesh was embedded with various wires from the speaker system. I think they belonged to what was once a human. I shuddered thinking about whose they were. The cords moved and the speaker began to talk once more. Would you like to join our staff? Something slammed on the back of the windshield and I jumped. It was thumping on the glass as if a person was trying to get inside. Before I gave myself the chance to look, I released my foot from the brake. My car began to roll backwards as I'd forgotten it was still in reverse. I felt a body move under the wheels. As my car backed out of the drive-thru, I feared to see the worst. I hoped for an animal or maybe a speed bump, but I was sure the shape had felt human. To my surprise, the Dr. Denny mannequin emerged from beneath. The clown laid sprawled out on the tarmac, still perfectly intact. The crooked smile was sprawled across its face. I wondered how it had moved from its former position, but I no longer wanted to wait around for answers. This was my opportunity to leave and never return. By the time I arrived at my work site, I was considerably late. I would definitely cop a spray from the boss, but after everything that had happened, it seemed like the best case scenario. I remember thinking it would help me take my mind off of that horrible experience. As I exited my vehicle, I found him inside his truck, leaning over the steering wheel. He looked extremely pale and had his hands tightly wrapped around his neck. I knocked on his window and he turned to me, releasing his grip. Blood pulled out from a slit in his throat. He couldn't utter a single word. That man liked his coffee as much as me. And I now realized who the vocal cords had belonged to 